We just recorded Kitty World News, and then Julie and I took probably a 45-minute break to talk about how <laughs> sad everything is right now. <laughs> to rant about everything. Oh, man. <laughs> um, you know, just a little bit of, uh, it felt like, <laughs> it felt like um, last podcast on the left, one of my, my uh, podcast addictions, there are these, like, three kind of, like, they're a little bit older than me, so, like, maybe, like, late 30s but they when they start ranting to each other they call it um uncle's corner because <laughs> it's like specifically things that like your uncle would come up and just like like talk your ear off about if that felt like aunt's corner to us <laughs> yeah uh... <laughs> yeah so guys maybe this is a good a good little little place to to you know, speak directly from our quarantine to your quarantine. If you guys are having a rough time right now with the state of the world, <laughs> so are we. <laughs> We're all having a time. <laughs> We're all having a time. We just wish we had the Prime Minister of New Zealand as our president. Uh, uh, because the dream. she is a cat person and it's just delightful i mean among other things she seems really badass and great but (laughs) yeah yes um welcome to paranormal captivity sorry we started on a little bit of a downturn but we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna bring it back up yeah yeah well we'll get there we'll get there yeah talking about fun fun things yeah in this book you know like (sighs) really are Catnappings and murders. <laughs> I know. I looked John directly in the eyes as I was reading, like binge reading this morning, and I was like, "Someone just tried." I mean, actually, put a cat in a bag and ran away like an old vaudeville villain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like literally shoved a cat in a pillowcase. Yes, um, the which cat I've okay. never tried before, but I would assume is very difficult yeah i would you're correct i actually had that thought too of like i feel like they're not giving quite enough credence to the thought that this would have taken this person a long time to get a cat in a bag in the first place right because the description was like oh he just grabbed this cat by the scruff of the neck and like shoved him in a pillowcase and i was like there's no way you can grab a cat (laughs) by the scruff of the neck and actually get it into a pillowcase no (laughs) the amount of time that i have spent trying to get any of my cats into any of the multiple bags that i have that are designed for cats to take them just (laughs) moments away from my house to the vets (laughs) although maybe next time i should just show up with my cat in a pillowcase (laughs) Yeah. Well, they do have those fun, like, they kind of look like pillowcases, but they have the little, like, um, the little, like, scrunchie or that you, like, the head, you know, your cat's head comes oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and it has the strap so you can, like, carry it kind of, like, in a bag, but its head is poking out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I also haven't tried before, but I feel like that would 
also not work as well as it claims it will. <laughs> well, I am still, I, we did just talk a lot in Kitty World News about how I have finally taken Shadow, started taking him on walks of, around the patio. I'm pretty excited about that. But I do still have on my list uh, to get like a cat tent like Christine has mm, for me. And that's mm. why we drink to put out like out in our little patio. I'm very Aww, inspired by that setup. Yeah. Nice. It's nice that you have cats that would stay in a cat tent. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shadow would. Yeah. I don't know that all of them would. And Murphy, I'm like not even going to attempt to try to do mm. any of these things with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, who is that? Um, I don't know. No! <laughs> Mystery creature outside. <laughs> oh, a creature outside. Oh, it wasn't a creature inside. No, uh, that was a street person or animal. Oh, okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. But I can tip Chuni over and see if he'll cry into the microphone. Oh, yeah. Buddy. He looks so sleepy. Chuni. <laughs> Bud, oh, are you gonna be silent, um, okay. guys? Quick, quick little shout out to all of our patrons. Um, we love you, patrons. Actually, hang on one moment, and I have a new patron to shout out. Ooh, new patron, new patron, yeah, new patron. Um, also, real quick, Julia just gave a, uh, a big old update from, uh, her life about her new, not, not permanent cat, but the cat that she found on Kitty World News. So if you want to hear that full story, go there. Yeah, new cat. Kind of. Not my cat. She's very sweet, though. A cat. A cat. A cat. <laughs> Um, okay, Lisa Brown, new patron. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yay. We love you, Lisa Brown. Yay, Lisa. Um, yeah, she wrote us a really sweet message. Um, she said, unfortunately, she doesn't have any pets at the moment, but hopefully she will remedy that after lockdown. Oh, does she want a little gray cat from Baltimore? Oh, my God, Lisa, <laughs> do you want the cutest little gray cat from Baltimore? <laughs> I mean, you have to wait, like, at least 20 days, but... I'm pretty sure no one's going to claim her. <laughs> I mean, you know. You know. Now's the time. Now is the time to adopt this cat. Yeah. <laughs> adopt no other cat but this cat specifically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, guys, also, okay, so I'm actually really into this book. I don't know how you feel, I'm Julia. pretty into this book, too. Yeah. I'm liking it. Um, yeah, it's like super fun. So we are on part two of our part series, two. Caught Dead Handed. Were you trying to like echo no. me behind me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it sounds like I have a reverb on my <laughs> on my voice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. I'm not I'm not saying it was bad. I felt very powerful. <laughs> Do you want to try it again? Pardu. <laughs> oh, is that what you're saying? Pardu? Yeah. What did it sound like I was saying? <laughs> it sounded like you were going, God dead. Like oh, as I was saying. <laughs> no. But I can I mean I can I loved it. Better. 
I can try. <laughs> yeah, do you want to try? Okay. okay. Wait, okay, at ready? the same time as you or, like, right after you? Maybe, like, right after, I guess? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe in us. Ready? <laughs> One, two, <laughs> three. God. Dead. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> A witch city mystery. Caught dead. Caught dead. Oh my god. I'm I'm just picturing myself later trying to sync up this audio, being like, "What the fuck? I hate past us." <laughs> yeah. None of this makes sense. I was gonna say, if you say it and then I say it, can we just like squish it together? <laughs> oh my god, I could just layer it together. That is true. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, we will, we'll see. I'm not sure what you just heard, uh, if it matched up to what we just experienced, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's any fixing that. (laughs) No, no, probably not. Oh, gosh. Well, that was fun. Um, This book is also fine. So yeah, we're reading (laughs) Caught Dead Handed by Carol J. Perry. (laughs) It's delightful. There's lots of tarot cards and mystical crystal balls and it's just delightful it's it's actually i think so far it's everything that i've wanted in a cozy mystery because it also includes so it's like a little bit paranormal Mm -hmm, because we mm -hmm. do have the like little new agey like kind of psychic side of things Mm -hmm. um we do have a cat. We have so much cat we in this, do. too. Like, the cat was not under Yeah, no, we have a good amount of cat. I mean, there could be more cat, but I feel like there's going to be more cat in the next couple of segments. Yeah, I do, too. I feel like the way that the cat's been interacting so far and, like, the way that the cat's connected to the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, The like, importance of the cat. The yes. presence of the cat has been lacking, but the importance of the cat has been good that is a good level yeah and kind of like the cat who it's it has like that quality of like the cat might know more than the people do and the cat's trying Mm -hmm, to tell people mm -hmm. things or there's like some interaction with the cat in that way which is really nice and there's so much good mystery like so far there is like an actual decent yeah no it's true i know in the last um part one in the last section i feel like we were like "Ooh, who's gonna be the love interest but now i'm like "Ooh, who's Mm -hmm. the murderer out of these love interests (laughs) yeah yeah exactly because i feel like it might be one of them or more yeah it's also a little like i don't want to say gritty because that's like definitely not the right term but it's definitely like not quite as sanitized as the cat who books too like there we get a little bit more detail of like you know there's like a razor blade that's like a we get as like a murder weapon and like Mm -hmm. some of the weird things we maybe hear about george valen um the station manager are like kind of weird and like not something that would come up in a cat who book yeah no this is definitely something that was written more in our time than back in the 90s like there's definitely more of a like what you expect from a murder mystery in the like i don't know when this was written but i would assume it was very recently i mean within the past like 10 to 15 years let's see when it was written oh 2014 yep woo within the past six years what yeah yeah and it is nice too that it has like 
it is just nice too that it has such a better sensibility to it too like i love that line where um uh our main character lee is getting her tarot cards read and the um the tarot card reader is like oh well you'll just have to be careful around men and she's like i'm always careful around <laughs> men. <laughs> or cautious yeah. cautious around men um you know things like that that are very feel more in line with the way that society you know, runs we see things now yes um so yeah so should we should we dive right into it Let's dive right into it. So last time, so we read, I believe it was what, chapters 11 through 21? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're about halfway now. Whoop, Oh, what, what? Yeah, also this is not on my Kindle, so I can't actually tell what's halfway, so I am guessing. <laughs> oh, no, I think you hit it dead on. I mean, I'm Did I? Just, okay, great. Yeah, I have the book in front of me. It's like a little bit heftier on the other side but only by like i'd say like a couple pages yeah i think i um under underestimated i always get them wrong i I literally think i said it wrong earlier in this episode i I estimated (laughs) too small on the first quarter so (laughs) we have we have a little bit of making up to do on the next three but i i feel i feel good about this like semi halfway how dare you but yes, you were correct. You were really <laughs> close. Um, so yeah, so we started, we left off. Lee had just been like questioned out the wazoo and like kind of exonerated because that doesn't really come up again this section. And she's about to start her screen test to become mm-hmm. Crystal Moon, host of Nightshades, the nightly horror psychic show on Witch TV. Yeah. The, in Salem, uh, Massachusetts. Sorry. Yeah, in Salem. Woo. Yeah, Just she's about to become the successor. I was <laughs> forgot that word for a second. I was like, oh god, what's the opposite of predecessor? <laughs> <laughs> the uh successor of I I already forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the um yeah, I was going to say, oh, I literally just said the name of the show. But no, you're, yeah, uh, Ariel Constellation. <laughs> Ariel Constellation. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I almost said Aubrey Moon. And I was like, that is <laughs> wrong on both fronts. <laughs> yes. Incredibly wrong. Incredibly but... wrong. Yes. Um, Ariel Constellation, the murdered psychic who we never met because she was murdered when we got to this book. But the no. original psychic of this TV show. Yes. Who seems quirky and we don't know anything otherwise that we she sounds lovely except that the head of the the department or the head of the um tv station of which tv is like a bit of an asshole and like fucking hated her yeah and we kind of see why in this section i mean we see part of the reason why we see his like slanted view from his wife's um Mm-hmm. his his wife's beliefs portion of that um because yeah i think we left off right at the the scene at the docks or like not the oh, docks yeah. like where wherever it, the like the parking where the parking lot meets the water <laughs> <laughs> oh so poetic where the parking lot meets the water <laughs> You know, the songs a, that are written yeah, about that it's moment not a, in time. It's a dock. I don't really know what to call it, but the, like, drop off from the parking lot where the, like, 
bay yeah. starts where mm-hmm. um Ariel Constellation's body was found we leave off on like quite the scene there where the police are like just starting to like rope things off because they're just starting to suspect that it was foul play and not right. an accidental drowning but we also leave off at a po- point where a bunch of actual witches from mm-hmm. Salem, Massachusetts are on like not barges but like some sort of like boat type not a yacht because I would assume they're not yacht people <laughs> but some sort of like floating device out there mm-hmm. throwing like herbs and like oils and you know like m- magical things into the water to help with Ariel's departure into the next life and that is when we find out that ariel constellation while that may not be her real name and she may not have been a real psychic was an actual witch and the leader of that coven yeah yeah that was um a really fun scene because we get most of that information from scott palmer the new um news anchor that took lee barrett's job Mm -hmm. from the beginning if you'll remember him um so he is down there interviewing um, who, this woman who turns out to be uh, not M- River. Oh, what's her last name? River North? River North. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she is a local witch as well. She's also a local tarot card reader. So earlier when we mentioned tarot card reader, that was her. Um, Lee later gets her tarot read by, by, um, River. But, uh, at the beginning of this section, yeah, Scott is, uh, Scott's interviewing River and is saying, is, you know, kind of asking about witches in Salem and she's kind of giving him the rundown of like, yes, of course there are witches in Salem, like, especially around Halloween, there are a lot of us. And yeah, Ariel was, um, the, I wasn't a part of her coven, but she was very active in this other coven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was a really nice scene. Yeah, it's uh, seemed like her coven was um, trying to send her off peacefully mm-hmm. with, um, you know, spells and potions and things that they were putting into the water since that was where she had, quote unquote, departed. Mm-hmm. Um, but River did make a point to say, oh, but it is going to be really difficult um, to send her off properly because, uh, you know, her mur- obviously it's unresolved. Like her murderer needs to be caught mm-hmm. um, before she can truly be peacefully sent out. Yeah. She also said that um, Ariel might not want to peacefully depart right mm. now. And that was the point where Scott stopped asking questions and so we don't get an answer as to why. Right. Um, might have to do with the fact that she was murdered, but, mm-hmm. you know, there could also be, like, hanging unresolved issues right that we don't know about so still a little bit a little bit of a mystery there that's true yeah um yeah and i think yeah i kind of forget the i mean i truly just read this and now forget the actual (laughs) order of things but um well that's when the protesters also show up oh that's right yes good good recall jules yeah, so that's when we also meet at the same time as, you know, meeting the the coven and the other witches of Salem. We meet, um, it's a church group mm-hmm. that shows up uh, protesting, and one of the main protesters turns out to be 
um, the wife of the the TV um, company, the head of the, you finished that sentence. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to let you keep going. It was funny. Um, yeah, Mr. Doan, the, the guy who's like the main, I'm not sure. I don't know that he's like the owner the, like, of the station. The, yeah, just like the head of the network. Yeah, he, yeah, he's basically an exec, and he's already been painted to be kind of an asshole. He's the guy that at the very beginning didn't even interview Lee and just was like, no, sorry, I gave the job to some dude. And she was like, I flew here for this. And he was like, too bad. Right. Um, yeah. And he only- no, he he didn't even say too bad. He had his secretary say too bad That's true. or his like receptionist. Ugh, and he only turns into more of a villain in this section in my as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, for sure. So in in that scene, he does come out of the building quite swiftly and like usher his wife out of the the limelight. But mm-hmm. um, she and her her group are quite uh quite angry and quite yeah. like they're they're not violent, but they are like very vicious sounding. Yeah, they have really intense signs that are basically like mm-hmm. like and like one of them I think was something like glad that witch is dead or oh no, that's what you oh I loved this okay, this scene I loved because Marty are who I like still a little suspicious of, but I'm starting to not be mm-hmm. anymore because I love her. She's <laughs> she's kind of like the Jane of all trades and like does apparently never leaves the stage and like just does everything at the station i think she's a producer camera person type job Mm -hmm. and so she was down there when scott was covering um the barge she was down there either with the camera covering him or she was getting b-roll or something because she um one of the shots apparently was a close-up she apparently had like the the writing of it was so good too it was like oh looks like Mar- i think it was a, one of the characters that was like looks like marty must have found mrs doan because it like <laughs> zoomed in on her face and you could see her mouthing the words apparently something like glad that witch is dead or something crazy mm-hmm. like that that's like yeah. whoa and like it didn't fe- i mean who knows we could find out later that marty was doing that because she agrees but also it just it felt like she was doing like a fuck you to to mr doan to be like mm-hmm. we're covering this and we're you know zooming in on this this one person that you don't want uh shown yeah no for sure um but yeah so it's in that that you're right we get the protesters um then right after that we get the screen test lee mm-hmm. does a screen test and it goes really well yeah, yeah. Um, um, but that is also another point where we're like, hmm, yeah, Mr. Jones seems like an asshole because, yes. he, uh, um, like, at the beginning of the screen test, who was it, Marty? Or it was Marty, it was yeah, Marty. who was like, yeah. oh, you, you know, your costumes, great, but if your shirt comes off the shoulder, just, like, pull it down a little lower and, like, lean forward a little bit. Um, cause Mr. Don yeah. likes to, you know, like see some skin on like the, the prettier girls and, you know, around. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, apparently he like didn't finish watching her tape past like when she was reading like a script for a commercial. He was just like, yep, great. Like she's hired. Yep. So we, we get a sense that he is quite the asshole. Yes, we hate For him. For multiple reasons. <laughs> yes. Although I do feel like he's maybe at this point, like, too much of a of a terrible villain to actually be the murderer. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think he's necessarily the murderer. I think he's just a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, like, maybe right now functioning as, like, a, whoa, we hate this person, but 
yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so the screen test comes in. She does officially, well, kind of officially, because it's kind of like any... I feel like it. this does a good job capturing like a lot of jobs that I've had in the past, um, because it just felt like so... I mean, not that I've had a job like like this, um, but just in the way of like, mm-hmm. you know, she could Lee keeps saying like, you know, we haven't talked about salary yet. We haven't talked about like benefits. Like I haven't signed a contract, like all these things that like, you know, I, I feel like it captured kind of yeah. getting out of college and like now that she's like really in that um, age range, but I feel like it captured pretty well trying to get a job in like 2014. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where it's like, you get a job, or like, this is your job, you either say yes or you say no, and if you say yes, we get to decide everything about it for you. Yes. Yeah, and they do make a good point, too, of, like, also in a lot of past jobs of, like, you know, they keep talking about how everyone at the station wears multiple hats, and, like, they really do kind of hammer through that of, like, everyone who works there does a million things. Um, mm-hmm. Marty probably does the most, but, I mean... You know, Rhonda at one point came in and was like, you know, screening calls for, um, for, uh, um, Nightshade. I just said the name yeah. of the <laughs> show and like now I've already forgotten. Yeah, that um, sounds right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and like George comes in at one point to do some like late night stuff on the show. So like, um, yeah, they're all, like, very... They just all do, like, a million things. And Lee even hears... I th- Maybe we said this previously. I think it was in last section. But we do hear from Janice that one of the reasons that Ms- that Doan hired Scott is because Scott has experience with um, sports and they don't have a sports reporter. So mm-hmm. he wants him to cover main... Um, nor- like, main big news, but also um, do, like, high school, college sports as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from the screen test, what happens next? Um, hmm, what does happen next? <laughs> the screen test, she gets the job. Um, did, I mean, does she go home? <laughs> I would assume I, she goes home at, at some home. point. <laughs> yeah, because this is on like a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so she she does have a weekend after this before she starts on Monday. We do see her first day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we don't see a very exciting weekend. She just kind of like studies the entire weekend mm-hmm. because she's like catching up on like what the the show is gonna look like, like what kind of callers call in. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there are a lot of regulars. So, um, like she's tr- just trying to get a, a better sense of like, you know, who might be out there seeking advice from a midnight psychic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> midnight psychic, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And if we didn't, I think we mentioned it last episode, maybe. But in case we, um, we all we meaning me need a refresher. Um, the show that she's hosting does sound really cool. Like it sounds like one of those kind of old school kind of like. I don't know, like TNT type, like movie based longer shows. So like you have a host who, um, so it was Ariel Constellation, now it's Lee. And so she's the kind of like host of that movie screening basically. And so she comes on, does like a little monologue, does some uh, commercial readings and then kind of introduces the movie Mm -hmm. and then 
halfway through the movie there's an intermission and that's where she takes calls um and does more commercials and then at the end kind of signs off um for the night so it sounds Mm -hmm. super fun it's all like very spooky ish like all the movies are um like creepy scary old school movies so it's kind of like fun and kitschy and you know really cool and so she yeah she spends most of the weekend kind of getting into character um oh she does have her tarot cards read um yeah i was gonna say there are a couple of things that actually happen so one of them which if you'll remember she does actually have some sort of like psychic ability yes we haven't quite gotten like a full grasp of it or like description Mm -hmm. of it i guess because it's like pretty new to her i mean she seems to have had it her whole life but she like is just kind of learning about it and so far it seems to be like all of the vision visions that she gets have been of the past but we actually get one in this uh segment that is of the future but she does have another one Mm -hmm. um in her like trial recording Mm -hmm. um she sees in the her like obsidian crystal ball um a pair of boots Mm -hmm. so that's our i think that's like kind of our first clue about ariel's murder because we hear from the police maybe in the last maybe in this section maybe in the last section um Mm. a little bit about the second murder that happened there's actually been two murders so far so the woman uh ariel first of all Mm. but then there was a, a woman that got murdered in her kitchen in her home and so the description of the murderer for the second woman who got murdered was that he was in kind of like a, a um, like a camo, like combat e uniform. Yeah. So like at least camo pants, but then also like wearing like like sturdy combat e ish boots. Um, yeah. So Lee actually has a vision when she looks into the obsidian ball during her, or right after, or right before. I can't remember. At some point during her her time at the network station um when she's Mm -hmm. doing her trial recording um she has a vision of ariel's hand and uh a pair of combat boots with like a red marking on them which i can only assume is blood right so she's starting to think that the two murders are actually tied together and that's kind of like our first kind of like ooh. They might be connected. I mean, yeah. I don't know why anyone would, would think that they weren't connected. They happened so close together. Right, on literally the <laughs> it same would be, day. I know, yeah. Area. Like, would probably be my assumption, too. But now we're, like, pretty sure. Yeah, so, yeah, you're totally right. There, It would take a fool to think that these weren't already connected, <laughs> these martyrs. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, going methodically, like, through it, like, now we kind of see, yeah, that, like, we get some actual clues from Lee. We do also hear one of the little bits that Lee also thinks back to when she sees this vision is that, oh, she did hear from, I think it was maybe the cops or maybe the news. Those are her two <laughs> sources of information right now, aside from the crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Um that um poor ariel constellation's fingers were broken so someone stomped on her feet 
um, with the boots that we now see that Lee has seen. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, Lee is kind of like, oh, wow, that, you know, is very, you know, goes hand in hand with, no pun intended, with um, <laughs> what I know from. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, it does start being. And so actually from that over the weekend, she so she does talk to her aunt a little bit more about it. She does. I think at some point she confesses that she has started seeing things and then mm-hmm. she um, they kind of to get like her aunt is very protective of her and is so like, I don't want you to be seeing these things. It feels dangerous. And so Lee actually finds out she does some reading on crystal balls and it turns out that black obsidian balls, which is what um, uh, what um, aerial constellation has on her set or had, but is still currently on her set. Um, those actually are good to store under, what is it, like a black velvet cloth or like a black silk? Like It, it was like mm-hmm. a scarf, basically, that yeah. she brought from home um, and covered up the, the ball with so that she doesn't have to see anything anymore. But, spoiler alert, it does not work. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets moved by Marty? Yeah, by Marty, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to suspect that Marty might be also a witch. I literally just thought that. I actually <laughs> I had to stop, my, stop myself from interrupting you to shout that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel like Marty might also be a witch, but like either not an active one or not a part of the same coven or yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like she might have some like magical in- inklings. Maybe she's, oh, maybe she's a, oh my god, what are those called? Where they're, like, from a magical family, but they don't have magic. Uh, oh, you mean in Harry Potter, a squib? Yeah, maybe she's a squib. Maybe. There's definitely something, like, secret right now about Marty. Yeah, for sure. That we don't know yet. Actually, maybe the fact that she's magical is how she's doing, getting all of this work done. Because she, (laughs) you know, doesn't really sleep. Maybe. Stays at the station. Maybe she's trying to protect Lee, honestly. Maybe she is a practicing witch and she is, she, you know, knows somehow that Lee has these visions. And because she was there the first day that Lee comes onto set and see, she sees something in the ball. And then Marty's the one that's like, oh, it's probably just a, you know, reflection from the projector. But maybe Mm -hmm. she knows that it wasn't. And maybe she's like, if I help her keep having these visions, it's going to protect her. Yeah. Because speaking of protection, one of the things that she gets in her, so I think pretty soon after that, she um, gets her tarot read at a, um, there's like a little, because it's almost Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, which I wish it was right now. I know. <laughs> but then we wouldn't be allowed out to celebrate. <laughs> oh, God. I know. That's true. Although I only ever stay in and watch Practical Magic by myself and drink wine. So <laughs> uh, Yeah, no, that's true. I like to pretend that I'm going to dress up in a really cool costume. And then I always get overwhelmed and don't make one. And then I'm like, well, now I'm just going to have to sit here and eat candy by myself. <laughs> I mean, there are worse things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so there are, because it's Salem and because it's near Halloween, there's like a little festival that's kind of going on, you know, day in, day out leading up to Halloween where, 
Um, you can go into the little common area there, the little like, um, I pictured it as kind of like a little, a small Boston common, like a little grassy area where they have tents and they have, you can walk mm. up and there's a guy there that's directing you to like, do you want your tarot red? Do you want your tea leaves red? Do you want a psychic? Do you yeah. want, you know, what do you want? And so as mm-hmm. you come up, he directs you and there are different people working these different stations. And so Lee, um, decides she wants her tarot cards read. And so that's when she meets River. And so River gives her a reading, not knowing that she is about to start this this job as a as Ariel Constellation's um, uh, successor. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it gives her a reading that's like pretty, pretty dead on. She kind of gives her some good advice too, of like, you know, it sounds like you're really good at giving advice, but just don't like veer into oversharing or don't like overdo it. Just kind of stick to the, um, like your general kind of abilities here. Mm-hmm. Um, she also gives her some interesting information of like, at least kind of prodding her to be like, so I just started a new job. Is this going to be a long term thing? And she's like, oh, no, you're <laughs> going to be unemployed within the month. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunate, which is funny. Um, but then she also talks about, so apparently the King of Cups, I think, comes up, but comes up reversed. Mm-hmm. I really want to learn tarot. I, know, I right? actually just bought a tarot book. So I think I'm going to try to learn tarot while I'm quarantined. Nice. Um, but yeah, apparently the King of Cups comes up and it's reversed so that she looks it up later, but also talks to River about it. And apparently it means that there's just a sort of malevolent male presence that you know is is not sort of not not great (laughs) Mm -hmm. um someone that she needs to look out for yeah um river also calls her the queen of wands oh yeah is i I mean i don't know what that tarot card means but um she lee picks up a pack of tarot cards on the way out and like looks through them and picks out the queen of wands and was like oh that does look like me (laughs) (laughs) and was looking it up later and apparently it's like you know always portrayed by well it's like specifically said like what is kind of like gingery colorings um sounds like she has you know reddish hair and like blue or green Mm -hmm. eyes like light eyes yeah um and there's like a cat right next to it oh right there's another i feel like there was another thing too but yeah it would just like looked like her aesthetic yeah her whole whole deal mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah she goes back after that oh over the weekend too there is um we do get some some good cat content um orion is uh is in prime form and this is where we see lee start to kind of interact with orion actually um because orion is uh is very present while she's kind of studying up on all of these things to um uh you know before monday night before her first shift mm-hmm. um and so yeah so he is like kind of around and like i did like that it was kind of fun like i forget the exact things mm-hmm. yeah i forgot the exact things i think it was when she was looking over the tarot um oh it was because there was that one point one point so she's like almost like asking him questions or like talking to him and taking his tail shapes as like punctuation almost because at one point she's like oh he was holding his tail in a question mark and she like respond she was like asking a question out loud and then answered it herself but like to him um i think that one was when will she go back to see river 
um, for another reading mm. and it sounded like he yeah wanted. oh because oh this was after actually i think at the station she gets a call from river and river oh no that was later that was after the yeah. yeah yeah never mind sorry yeah that's um, that's a little bit later but we do get far. um some distressing cat uh, we do get some distressing cat news um oh yeah at some point early on i think it was probably the same day that same friday because the police had come by her house mm-hmm. and this was like kind of in the same like snafu as um earlier that day in the last section that we talked about where they were like are you a suspect? And she was like, I literally just got here. I was not even like in the same state when these murders happened. Right. I was like in an airplane. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, they, um, they had come by into her house and taken, taken back all of the stuff that she had borrowed from uh, Ariel's um, set. Mm -hmm. But then they also went back later because, um, you know, she and her aunt had taken Orion and the, his like accessories that he came with his like bag of food and all of that. And the, the police actually came by to take the food away because they thought that it was poisoned. Yeah. Apparently a a bunch of, I think it was Marty that had tried to feed him earlier that day and left the food mm-hmm. out. And then like a bunch of seagulls turned up dead in the parking lot. So, Oh, that's right. Cause there weren't only just, uh, um, church protesters there. There were also PETA protesters yeah, there because of the, because dead, of the seagulls. dead seagulls. Or it's like, no, literally no one wanted to hurt these seagulls. It just happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't know. No why. one killed these poor seagulls on purpose. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so we, this is our, our first sense that Orion might be in danger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that someone might have it out for Orion, which is... Yeah, don't know why. I know, just nuts. Aside from the fact that he was a witness to the murder. Yeah, and who described it that way, but Scott actually described it that way. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't think we're quite there yet, but again, this is kind of like... The in some of the ways that it's like the cat who there's just a lot of like back and forth between the house and the station mm-hmm. and restaurants like it's you know a lot of errands and things so not always um, necessarily needs to go super linearly but later Lee actually goes on a date with Scott yeah Scott actually calls her up and kind of actually it might be. It might be that same day or sometime. I think, yeah, I think it was over the weekend because it was, uh, what she went on a date with him to a high school football match, which I feel like is maybe a weekend thing. Yeah. That feels like a Friday thing. Yeah. I don't, I never went to a football game in high school, so don't ask me, but absolutely not. Right. Friday night lights. Oh, there we go. Football. Sure, if we can not reference, like, our own life experience, we can surely reference TV. <laughs> That's the name of a show, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's Friday in the name. It's got to be true. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he calls her. He gets her number, actually, from Rhonda and calls her to be like, hey. Who's a big uh, gossip. Yeah, who is a big fucking gossip. I, yes, I kind of. <laughs> Tells everyone. I kind of love Rhonda. She's like. I, it sounds like she's good at her job, but she does have to fill in for other jobs that she's, like, not necessarily great at. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, and she's a gossip. Yeah, she sounds super fun. But, um, yeah, so apparently 
Scott call actually and actually called we find out later called Lee from Rhonda's desk even like didn't even use his own phone but called Lee and like was very nice apparently he was like hey I heard you know I heard I think it was Marty saying like joking that like you know I took your job like I kind of want to smooth that over I thought we we're gonna get a chance to like talk when we were go- at you know they kind of went out as a group for lunch but then mm-hmm. um George and uh Scott had to run at you know because that was back in last section when um the other woman the second woman was murdered um and he was like I kind of wished we got a chance to you know get to know each other a little better and like smooth that over can I take you out to lunch and Aunt Ibby, good old Aunt Ibby, had literally just said that she was going to make Lee lunch. And so Lee's like, no, like, my aunt's making me lunch. Sorry. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, then I'd love to take you out to this high school football game. And it turns out well, it's... Well, actually, he doesn't ask oh. her right away. They have, like, a little bit of a, a conversation in the middle. Um, and Lee was like, oh, maybe I can, like, pump him for a little bit of information about these boots. Oh, yeah. And so she kind of, like, you know, goes into the, you know, what he knows about the the murders and, like, the suspects and, you know, who saw what on, like, what security feeds mm-hmm. and didn't get much out of him. And she was, like, about ready to end the call. And she was like, yeah, really? You know, it's a shame that woman, like, bled out on her kitchen floor. Like, that's just so bad. Like, so oh, sad. Yeah. So terrible. Um, and that's when Scott was like, let me take you out to a football game. Like, let's go something, let's do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's right. Because yeah. then, and you know what I also just realized? If she, cause she saw that vision of the woman on the kitchen floor in the crystal ball. Yeah. And that's what Marty said was the feed. So I think yeah. you're right. I think we are right. I think Marty is a witch. Yeah. So I think that was, I mean, that was a slip on Lee's part because I don't think she realized that that wasn't something that like everyone knew but it turns out it was not something that everyone knew there was like no feed Mm -hmm. of the murder scene at all and that was like very hush hush like police information that like I don't even think Scott had and so he was like wait like how did you know that she was you know murdered in the kitchen that's true Um, i did not put that together but you're right yeah yeah, why which is like it turns out he like at the end of they have a very nice date but at the end he does like pump her for information a little bit to be like um how did you know that and where are your sources and share them with me yeah so yeah yeah that's that's how that went so i'm still I still feel like maybe he's a love interest, but I'm also very suspicious of him. Yeah, I am too. Because he, again, was the one that as soon as he came in to... And Lee even later, I mean, it's a little bit debunked, but Lee even later is like, oh my gosh. Oh, well, I, I guess I'll get to that part. Or we'll get to that part when um, we talk about the catnapping, which is coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, the um, when he first walks in... He for the date. He's the one who is like, oh, that you know, is that Ariel's cat? He's the one that witnessed the murder, and everyone's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really think about it that way, but yeah, I guess you're right <laughs> that mm-hmm. the cat witnessed yeah. the murder. Um, so yeah, from there, I think I don't think there's anything in between that and her first night, right? Yeah, I think it goes straight into to her first night. Um. Our uh, 
cab driver comes back. Oh, John, John Litka. Yeah. Jim. Jim Litka. J- yeah. I don't know. Mm. The, like, only person that I'm not suspicious of right now because he was oh. seen with... <laughs> In the same yes. room or in the same scene as the the catnapper, so we know it wasn't him. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah, and he's like such a gem too. Like, there's no, you know, like all of these characters have a little bit of like, you know, suspicion, shade, like thrown on them. But like, he's the one person. Him and Aunt, he has an Aunt Ibby vibe. If you, you know, kind of have the same like, just in the sense of like, he's a protector of. I know, lovely. but if you look at it that way, then it does. It is like a little bit suspicious because in the tarot reading, it was like, "Oh, be be careful of like father figures in your life." So <gasps> oh, I did. I know I You're did right. like think about that a little bit and was like, "Oh no, am I gonna have to be suspicious of this cab driver?" But I'm being positive right now and thinking that he is maybe safe. Yeah, let's hope. Let's yeah. hope. Um. But yeah, so he's the cab driver that we mentioned last time that Lee gets. And then he's just so nice that she calls him again. Um, She calls him again uh, the night of her first uh, shift on Night Shades. And so she gets in there a little bit early, around 9, 9.30, I think. I think the show starts at 11 every night. Mm -hmm. It's like every night, too. It's like, I think it's like every week night. Yeah, um, which is crazy. I think so. Yeah, which is right because she like yeah. didn't sleep that night and then had like other things to do in the day. I'm like, why are you? How are you gonna function if you have to like right. do stuff during the day and then work until like three in the morning? Well, she did do a good job the next because she didn't sleep that whole next day. She did like the I can't remember the exact whatever the appointment was. Oh, it was with River after her. Uh, first bout of not sleeping she when she makes her first appointment for the day after she doesn't make it until 2 p.m and i imagine i hope she she actually gets to sleep until then (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah so jim Litka, she kind of makes a deal with him of like hey um if you take me could you come pick me up again around this exact like 2 15 or something like and I'll, i'll be done then i know it's late but and he's like super on it and it's like yeah definitely so she, oh, and like part of the little scuffle that happens later with the catnapping is that, um, and the reason that Jim is there is actually because when she gets out at the station, so she calls Jim, he picks her up to take her to her first shift. Um, she gets to the station, she realizes she doesn't have her wallet, and Jim is real cool about it. She like freaks out and is like, oh my gosh, maybe we have time to go back. Like, I can pay you for sure. Like, let's just run back. And he's like, oh, no worries. Like, if I'm taking you back to your house later tonight, like, why don't you just pay me then when I drop you off? And she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. That's so great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we'll earmark that for yeah. a little bit later. Um, but then... Yeah, so she has her first, yeah, and her first night goes really well. Like, it's pretty detailed. Like, it's kind of fun to read. Yeah, it is kind of fun. She has a couple of weird callers. Um, yes. That Rhonda does a bad job of screening, and so yeah. George literally watches <laughs> and, like, runs in in his pajamas to be like, Rhonda, do not- you're not allowed to screen calls anymore. Yeah, so it's, like, the first call that she gets is this, like, creepy guy who's like, ooh, you're, like, so sexy, like, much sexier than the last lady, and she's like, I hate oh. this, Rhonda, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but she had a couple of, like, other hard, like, slightly more challenging questions too it seems like she breezed through a bunch of them but then there was like 
Mm-hmm. What, what was the second one that she was like, oh, this is like kind of hard. Or maybe that was the same guy. The first one. No. Uh, no, the first guy was like, he sounded like an old guy because he was like, my my kids are like trying to put me in a home and they'll, they only uh-huh. want my money and like blah, blah, blah. And then the second one, I think, was uh, a young kid, maybe, who was, or like a teen who was like my mom or maybe a guy. Actually, no, it was still a guy, but it was a different guy. And he was like, I live with my mom and like, we just can't get along. She wants me to do all this stuff around the house. She's like never satisfied, I think is what he said. Mm. And then she was oh, like. Oh, yeah. I think that was the last one of the night because oh. that's, she was, she was like, oh, just like learn to meet in the middle and like do some things around the house gotta go bye and so yeah I think that was one where she was like oh i don't really have an answer for this but oh, yeah, like true. peace and love and meditate together yeah she did a great job of both impersonating ariel and also like using a lot of common sense advice to give mm-hmm. to people just like with the vocab of kind of new agey things yeah um um she does see scott again oh we didn't really finish oh yeah so scott pumps her for information he drops her off oh me oh sorry i guess i thought was there anything else in the date that we missed well i think i mean to kind of close out his like suspicions of her um because he did suspect that she had like an outside source that he didn't have um she, she she kind of like wrapped that up and explained it away by being like oh you know like my blood was found in the parking lot because I tripped over the cat um so they were questioning me and like while they were questioning me I like overheard a phone call that I wasn't supposed to hear where like a police officer mentioned like kitchen appliances and so I just assumed that she was murdered in the kitchen that's right yeah that's right um so apparently he was he was convinced for, you know, the moment. But yeah, that's I think that's that's kind of how the the date ended and we're like I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm a little unsure about like just like his interactions with her like during the date, after the date and then the next day like is he interested or is he just like trying to like I guess, get information out of her or, like, use her for something, you know, like, it's really hard to tell at this point. Yeah, I think you're right, because even later, that night of her first show, she has, like, a 30-minute intermission while the, um, or not intermission, she has a 30-minute break while the movie's playing um, before the actual intermission where she has to go answer questions, um, call her questions. And she sees Scott and he comes in and he's very nice. And he, you know, there's even a moment where he like turns and looks deep into her eyes and she's like, oh, maybe he is interested. And then he just is like, break a leg. <laughs> and she's like, oh, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. Also, it was like in the middle of the night and he only had black coffee and didn't take a donut. So I don't know what kind of psycho he is, but I like just didn't trust him from a hundred (laughs) percent. I was like, this is weird. I weirdly hate your choices here. Like, why wouldn't you take a fucking donut? Why wouldn't you put a little cream in your coffee? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But actually... Um, yeah, because Marty brought donuts, which also points to maybe Marty being some kind of wonderful kitchen witch. I just want her to be, <laughs> to be good. 
Yeah, I'm going to be so sad if it's like her teamed up with the cab driver. Oh, God. <laughs> to, be, to be the murderer and catnapper. Or she's like a part of a. We now we know there are different covens. Like, what if they're like Girl Scout troops that like hate each other and she's like part of a different yeah. coven and killed Ariel because. Murderous Girl Scouts. Oh, at least right now we do have. There is like a, a guy who's. Uh, the suspect because we have the yeah from her visions from uh some of the info from the cops and then from the catnapping a little later yeah no it's true i feel like in this section it was very like like every interaction with a male character was like i don't like this and i don't know why and every interaction with a female character was like this person's crazy but i like her (laughs) oh i a hundred percent want her to get with janice i'm like i want them to be together (laughs) (laughs) yeah janice is fun in many ways (laughs) yes oh my god so yeah let's just get to janice shall we um let's was there anything else from the the first oh we haven't gone through the catnapping yet yeah <laughs> no yeah i was gonna say i think i don't think there's anything else the first night but yeah i think the next thing is the catnapping yeah because that's the same night as that is the same night. night yeah yes it is um yeah so she closed out her uh her segment i guess mm-hmm. and it was just i mean at the end it, it seemed like she was uh the last one, one of the last people in the studio, I think George was still there. And then their like security guard slash janitor who like that's I, we have. I don't know if we've met him yet, but that, those are the two hats that he wears. <laughs> yeah. His yeah. two dual jobs. So, yeah. So Lee um, meets up with Jim, her cab driver. He pulls up right at two, like super promptly right at 215. Um Mm-hmm. and takes her home and so as they're driving well no she they get home it's pretty uneventful um they're just kind of talking about salem and halloween and he's like yeah oh my gosh it's super busy now and even as they're looking around they're like yeah this looks like if it wasn't dark it would look like midday like people are just like out and about and mm-hmm. all over the place yeah um and when they get home so she runs in lee runs in to get her wallet and as she's running in, um, she's kind of, you know, talking with Aunt Ibby and Aunt Ibby's in the kitchen and she's like, oh, you know, tell me all about it. You did so great because she was, she was, oh, wait, oh my gosh, there was something else. I too. know. Okay. I just remembered so, that we forgot her second yeah. vision. <laughs> oh my God. The second vision that like, this is maybe one of my favorite parts. So because it's like so specific to every thought that I have when I'm like worried about my cats when I'm not at home. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. So, okay, going back, backtracking. This is also the one that Marty prompted by uncovering her crystal ball. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they, yeah, that's right. So that night, during the her first night, Lee brings in the cloth and Marty is like, oh, what are you doing with that? Which, yeah, now that we're talking about it, all of this is way more suspicious than it seems like when you're reading it. Um, but yeah, Marty's like, oh, why are you covering the ball? Like, it, it doesn't. Um, glare in the camera anymore like the old one did so like you can leave it uncovered and that's when Mar- or Lee is like oh no I-, I read that it's actually good to cover it with this kind of cloth and Marty's like oh alright whatever um, and then later 
Marty decides, so she has this, like, um, it sounds like like an intro card, kind of, like a mm-hmm. static just image um, that viewers see of gravestones. And then at the intermission, she's like, actually, you know what? I think I want to use some of the stuff, like the props, as an intro card this time. So she rearranges everything, takes the cloth off, and doesn't put the cloth back on, which Lee is like, well, fuck. So... At one point during the, um, like, as the, during her first night, during the the show, she actually sees a vision of poor Orion with his, like, in scared cat posture and, like, hissing. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, and it's pretty early. I think it's actually, like, before, maybe almost before the show starts or, like, really early in the show. And so the whole show, she's like, okay, I can't really worry about this right now, but I'm so worried about my fucking cat who's home alone because Aunt Ibby had gone to book club but was going to be home in time to watch the broadcast. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I think it was right before it started because then Lee was like, oh, man, now I'm, like, worried about this cat that's maybe home alone and, like, who knows <laughs> what is happening to Aww. this cat right now? Poor Ryan. Poor Ryan. Yeah. So then fast forward a little bit to she gets home she goes up to get her wallet as she's so she's talking aunt ibby is putting hot chocolate on in the kitchen for them because they're going to talk through everything you know just just jam a little bit about her first night and as she's putting on the drinks um orion walks out the cat door because i think we mentioned this last time orion is the best cat of all time and doesn't use a litter box and actually just goes outside to do his business And as he's walking out the cat door, he, I think it's, I forget the exact chain of events, but basically a guy has been lurking in their bushes in the back. And as they hear, yeah, so fucking creepy because who knows how the fuck long he's been there. They hear this huge yowl from the cat. Um, And Ibby starts screaming, there's a man in our backyard. And so then Lee just bolts like Lee takes off out the front door, I think, um, or maybe out the back and then around like chases him around because somehow they actually pass Jim Litka and Lee starts yelling, oh, my gosh, there's a guy over here with with our cat. Um, and so Jim Litka, hero or hopefully not villain, <laughs> chases the guy down like Lee kind of Lee's in high heels. So Lee can't like make it very far. But Jim does actually catch him. It's set, well, he doesn't really catch him. He grabs his arm and poor Orion falls on the floor, but Jim Whoa. grabs him um, so he doesn't get out and then brings him home. And so apparently Orion is okay. He like bolts upstairs, but in the next couple of days they make a point to be like, he doesn't seem too worse for wear. He yeah. seems fine. Um, but yeah, so then that crazy... And so then to tie it back to the vision, Lee is like, I mean, I wonder he did. He did. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I wonder if he looked like he did in my vision. Like, I don't know, but he could have. Yeah. Could have been a premonition. The other part of that was that the the kidnapper was wearing um, camo and <gasps> boots. Right. So we yeah. suspect that it could be. The murderer. And also, when the police come, they were like, oh, this isn't 
really like sorry your cat got kidnapped but this isn't really like a priority because we have two murders going on and um lee was like well actually (laughs) yeah not to throw a a wrench in your you know wanting to brush this off but this is your (laughs) constellations cat so you might need to like look into it a little further yeah Um, sorry to make you want to do your jobs yeah (laughs) so that that got their attention and they actually Mm -hmm. did call uh pete our favorite detective who may or may not be a third love interest (laughs) yep we got a lot of them going on (laughs) yeah um yeah so p got called and and he comes over and um i think she she tries to get a little bit of information about from him about you know what they've found and i can't remember what she gets out of him but she does oh it's i think it's just that they they also suspect that their murders are linked um right because she that was one thing that she was like oh well i know this based on my vision but like i can't tell anyone that right so she was uh, a little worried that they they weren't figuring it out but it sounds like they have yeah, which is good because, yeah, it sounds like otherwise she would have had to try to figure out a way to be like, hi, connect these things and I can't tell you how I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not me, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that was the big catnapping, um, which is just... And then, right, so afterwards, this is the night that she doesn't sleep that we kind of alluded to earlier um, because by the time they, you know, settle down and are actually drinking their hot chocolate um yeah it's already like i mean she got home at she left the station at 2 15 so by the time they're you know done with all of this i'm sure it's after three and like mm-hmm. you know i don't know i mean i can go to bed at three but they apparently were like too wired for, i mean that's true if my cat had just been attempted kidnapped then i'm not sure i would, <laughs> would be able to sleep yeah for sure um, so yeah they don't really sleep they kind of stay up and then um that's when Lee, I didn't, I think Lee tells, they talk some more about her visions a little bit. Oh, and this is where, this is where Lee has the thought that the other thing that when Scott first came into the house, because Lee brings him into the house before the date to meet Aunt Ibby, and they talk a little bit, this is the same conversation they had about, um, about Orion and uh you know the fact that he was aerial constellations cat but he also says he's not a cat person well he's okay with cats he just doesn't like the litter boxes and that's when they're kind of both like oh well he actually doesn't use a litter box he just goes out through the cat door outside and lee is like how would this how would this person know to get like to wait for this cat to come outside this way like no one would really know that except I only told Scott. Except that's it. for everyone on Aunt Ebe's Facebook page <laughs> because she's been posting. <laughs> yes. That like is... photos of the exact cat door and backyard. <laughs> yeah. The exact like setup of their backyard. And it was funny because Lee was like, oh, well, like how many people, like how many friends do you have on Facebook? Like how many people do you think saw? Like, oh, she was everyone like, internationally. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, oh, I was just talking to someone in Scotland, like, uh, a lot of people. And she was like, And Rhonda, the big fucking gossip at your studio. Oh, yeah, Rhonda. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Because Aunt Ibby also, we might have mentioned this last time, too, but Aunt Ibby also knows everyone because she worked in the library forever and, like, Mm -hmm. helped everyone on every school project ever. Um, So, yeah, apparently Rhonda is of the ranks of Aunt Ibby 
supporter. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I think the last thing is this, like, terrible lunch that she goes to, right? Yeah, this, like, weird lunch, co-worker lunch date. Oh, God. She gets called, like, so early in the morning. And um, I think it was Rhonda calling her and being like, uh, don't, Mr. Doan, what's his first name? Uh, yeah, I forget his first name. Yeah, I don't know either. But basically, like, the boss wants to have lunch with you at noon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lee was like, what a power move to call me, like, early morning after I get off work at, like, 2.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. and expect me to be at, like, a, I mean, I consider noon to be a pretty early lunch. Like, I yeah. usually eat at, like, 1 or 2. Yeah. But, like, expect me to be at lunch with him in, like, a couple of hours. But she goes, and Janice is there, and Scott is there, too. And it's, like, mm-hmm. honestly sounds like the worst lunch of all time. Like, Scott yes. gets to leave early because he gets called away. Um, well. If... We, we think that he, gets, he <laughs> might have made it up because it was such an awful lunch. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, We're within not sure. his rights to just make up some news. To be yeah. like, I gotta go. <laughs> but, yeah, Scott, Scott has an excuse either way that is accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lee has to sit through, like, basically a, a lunch full of, like, her boss and Janice, like, going at it and hating each other. Yeah. It and, was like, super, the whole yeah. restaurant noticing Mm-hmm. which sounds yeah. like a nightmare it does yeah and like to be fair like i was on janice's side for almost everything that was being said like oh yeah i mean for sure i think most of it was like you know some of it was actually about ariel where like the boss guy was just like well everyone fucking hated ariel and uh and janice was like well I actually liked her and, you know, I think you guys just didn't get along because blah, blah, blah. And so, like, she's, you know, it was it was funny because it wasn't, I mean, it definitely sounded uncomfortable, but it also was, like, it sounded like Janice was just standing up to an asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But Janice also gets fucking sloshed. In this yeah, lunch. I was going to say, it also ends with her being, like, way too drunk to function. <laughs> yes. But she kind of, she has an excuse. Um. She has, like, a little bit of a... I mean, she doesn't... She... All right. I'm not gonna say she doesn't <laughs> Janice? But... <laughs> she... <laughs> yeah. Um, because she did... She had had a migraine the night before, which is why Rhonda right. took over for her. So she was, like, medicated the night before. So she should have, in theory, known right. not to drink because That's right. she had been medicated mm-hmm. the, the night before. But she drank anyway probably because her boss is an asshole yes um, yeah and we we are suspecting that the uh the interaction of her migraine medication and the wine have made her a little bit drunker than she probably would have gotten without the medication that's true yeah i did forget that forgot that part yeah and there is the running thing of her her migraines that like and they kind of seem to come on quickly like she'll be at the like um lee will have seen her or know that she's at the station and then she'll all of a sudden be back at home um she won't be there anymore um and so Mm -hmm. yeah there's which honestly makes me a little bit suspicious of george because he's the one medicating her (gasps) that's true is it good medication is it helpful or is he causing the migraines is he a crazy person yes oh my god who's like one of those like situations where they like want someone to be sick and needing their care 
Isn't that like Ooh, isn't there like a, a gypsy rose thing? I don't know what that means, but isn't that like an actual like condition where you like want someone you're like you need someone to be like in your care? Yeah. I feel like there've definitely been a lot of situations like that. Like the Sixth Sense girl, is that who Gypsy Rose was? Uh I don't think so. I've actually never seen the Sixth Sense. <laughs> You've never seen the Sixth Sense? No, someone spoiled it for me and then I was like, why would I see it? <laughs> I know. Actually, John just recently right, was like, fair. you should see Like, it's still a good movie. And I was like, well, I yeah, just never saw you, it. Yeah, you should definitely still see, still see it. But I did just ruin Misha Barton's character for you. Oh, I mean, I literally <laughs> already got the spoil. Like, it's fine. I'm fine. All right. Um, yeah. No, uh, Gypsy Rose is a, it's a real life true crime. Um, I don't know the full, I forget like all the full particulars, even though I've heard the story a lot of times. It's basically like a I think it was like a she killed her mom who was doing that oh. to her. Mm-hmm. Type yeah, situation. that sounds that sounds like a, a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it also throws. So we do have the ideas that George could be a little suspicious throwing back. Mm-hmm. Like, if you remember last time, we did have a little bit of suspicion for George just because in the second murder of the woman in her kitchen, um, there was a the murder weapon. Oh, actually, there is a little bit of a thread with the murder weapon here, too. Um, Scott has been tracking down uh, the police about there's a murder weapon, the razor blade that we mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier. And apparently there is little numbers scratched on it. So they were sent the um, the razor blade has been sent to a lab in MIT and they have discovered. And that actually I think that's actually the press conference that George or uh, Scott gets called away to. So I think that was actually real from the lunch because the Mm -hmm. press conference is the police saying that they have determined that the numbers are uh, service numbers from the Korean conflict, but they're refusing to say who the numbers are attached to. And also kind of suspicious too. It's from someone in Tampa or from Tampa, Florida which yeah. is where Lee came from. Right. I which was super suspicious weird. about yeah. that as well. Yeah, very strange. But then that razor blade was actually found wrapped up in a witch TV station um, rain jacket, which George has a full locker full of. So Yeah. We do also get the, like, the cab driver has, like, a few in his glove compartment. And oh, Lee yeah. does... Um, mentioned that i i can't remember who told her but they were like oh that's gonna be hard to pin down because like everyone in salem has at least like five of those in their closet true yeah but george does have the stash the like swag stash in his locker so could easily be anyone but could just as easily be him yeah and then we also get some more weird ass information about george because drunk ass janice brings so lee is drives janice home after the this wild lunch and when they get to janice's house and lee's trying to be like okay bye bye janice is like stumbling and like can't really walk and so lee um walks her in and as they walk in janice is just like going a little bit nuts like she just is like all over lee which is this is actually a little bit of the place where i was like Janice is throwing off so many chaotic vibes right now. Like, she could be, like... Anything. She could literally be anything. She could be a villain. She could be a love interest. Like, oh my god, like, what is she even doing? But I think it was mostly just to reveal, potentially, not, or who knows, um, the information that... So she is, like, showing 
apparently they her and uh, George live together and so they have this like it sounds like kind of like a duplex that just doesn't isn't is like open so it sounds Mm -hmm. like they have a kitchen on in the middle and then he has like a whole townhouse on one side and she has a whole townhouse on the other side Mm -hmm. um which sounds really nice they go through all the like you know kind of cozy mystery things of like her side is decorated by a decorator and george's side is a little more like stark and like serial killer stark (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Um, and so Janice is like tottering all around and Lee is like, I don't want to go into George's side. And Janice is like, well, he's going to invite you there soon. Anyway, he, you have the, like the big boobs that he likes and he's already said that he thinks you're beautiful. And she's like, all right, now I li- really have to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Um, but then if possible, it only gets worse, um, because Janice totters over to, um, what is it like a bookcase or something yeah it's like a desk drawer or i don't know it's wherever george hides his like photo album of his like first photo shoots from when he was a teenager like just starting out but yeah she like grabs she like runs into his side she's like let me show you like his his type and like pulls out a photo album um and like you know runs back over and uh, opens up to a page of, like, a tasteful but, like, very naked lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leah's like, okay, great. This is weird, but, like, fine. Um, and Janice is like, this is our mom. Like, she Ugh. only posed this way for George. And, like... Ugh. Yeah, so there was a a photo of their mother from when George was 15, and apparently she, like, only posed that way for him, and Lee is immediately like, what is happening? Is this some sort of, like, weird, like, Oedipus complex? Like, is this, like, is this from his side? Is this from her side? Like, this is creepy, and I want no part in it at all. Yeah. So she, like, leaves immediately um, and goes home. And I think the last, the last little, like, cliffhanger that we leave on is when she's watching the the press release or the news story about the, um, the serial number on the, the razor blade, the weapon that they found. Mm. They uh, show pictures of Ariel Constellation and the woman who was murdered in, in her home around the same time. And uh, we're left with Lee looking at the photo of the woman who was murdered in her home and thinking how much it looked like George's mom in that picture. <gasps> so oh. we are highly suspicious of George right now. <laughs> yes. And don't like where this is going at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that that was that. That is that. Yeah. Oof. Um, we did it. We did it. And Despite there we go. Halfway quarantine. halfway done. Yep. Thwarting all those terrible cars and people shouting outside my apartment <laughs> and ambulances on your side and Yeah, I don't think ground level is a good place for me to record. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe next time oh, I'll try uh, my third floor. <laughs> <laughs> you go down to the basement with your new 
new gray kitty friend. Yeah, should I go underground? <laughs> yeah, go underground. <laughs> go into your bunker. Go further go, into quarantine. Go into, yeah, I know. Ugh, I should. Well, I should go visit her more often. Or maybe I'll bring her up tonight. Oh, yeah. Chuni is so sleepy right now, but I know as soon like as soon as I touch the door handle to go into the basement, he is like wide awake and ready to play. <laughs> he knows that's where she lives. Yeah, going all the way back, Shadow also now every t- he didn't used to really care when I opened the sliding door to the patio, but now he will hear it from yeah. the dead middle <laughs> of sleep and come running from anywhere in the apartment. Now he's like, mm, yeah. it's my turn. No, that's the same as when I I keep my, my back door to my patio locked. And every time I turn, even when I turn the lock, like this this afternoon, I don't know where Chuni was. He might have been on the, the third floor or the second, wherever he was. I was calling him because I was like, oh, Chuni, you want to go outside? You want to go outside? Good bud. Like, I'm about to take the trash out. You're going to miss it. Um, I was calling him for like probably 30 seconds, like no response. And then I touched the doorknob and he just like bolts downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, you know exactly what's going on. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. We so, so appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys, again, are doing all right in quarantine and, you know, sending sending love to all of you and your pets and everyone out there. Oh my gosh, Shadow's tiny little paw just started coming up under the, the door. I think it's, I think it's time oh. to free them. <laughs> <laughs> time all to right. let them roam. Yes. Pet your kitties for us. And your others. And all the others. And all the others. Your puppies and your hermit crabs. Oh, hermit crabs. (laughs) (laughs) And your lizards. Oh, I actually currently, not to continue this too long, but I do currently have a lizard on our patio as well that I'm worried Shadow's going to find. He's huge. He's probably like a foot long. (laughs) Really? Wow. Yeah, he's so long. Oh, yeah. man. Chuni killed so many lizards in Albania. Oh, that's right. I remember you saying that. Yeah, I've like already blocked it out of my memory, but he never ate them. He would just bring in dead tailless lizards and leave them in my shoes. Oh, isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. Such a monster. What a fun gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.